Vibration and Sound by Philip M. Morse, Director, Brookhaven National Laboratory, Second Edition. Preface to the First Edition. The following book on the theory of vibrations and sound is intended primarily as a textbook for students of physics and of communications engineering. After teaching the introductory course in this subject at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology for several years, the author has become persuaded that there is need for a new textbook in the field. There are, of course, many other books on the theory of sound. The author's excuse for adding another to the list is that in the past 10 years, the rapid growth of atomic physics has induced a complete reorganization of the science of acoustics. The vacuum tube and the other applications of electronics have provided immensely powerful tools for the measurement, recording, and reproduction of sound, tools which have revolutionized acoustic technique. Another useful tool, perhaps not so obvious, is the new mathematical technique which has been developed for the working out of quantum mechanics and which is capable of throwing light on all problems of wave theory. The last chapter of this book is an example of the utility of these methods. In it, the mathematical methods developed for the study of the radiation of light from an atom are applied to the theory of the acoustic properties of rooms. During the recent rapid change in the science of sound, certain parts of the subject have gained and other parts have lost importance. The present book attempts to follow this change in emphasis and to discuss the new development as well as those portions of the older theory which are still important. The book has been planned as a textbook with a twofold aim in view. The first aim, of course, is to give the student a general introduction to the theory of vibration and sound. An introductory course in this subject must, of necessity, be more theoretical than practical. In no other branch of physics are the fundamental measurements so hard to perform and the theory relatively so simple. And in few other branches are the experimental methods so dependent on a thorough knowledge of theory. Since this is so, the student must first 
be given a physical picture of the fundamental theory of the vibration of solid bodies and the propagation of sound waves before he can appreciate the techniques used in the measurements of sound and before he can begin to design acoustical apparatus. The second aim is to give the student a series of examples of the method of theoretical physics, the way a theoretical physicist attacks a problem and how he finds its solution. This subject is too often neglected, especially in engineering courses. The student is usually given a series of formulas to use in standardized cases. The formula is sometimes introduced by a cursory derivation and sometimes with no derivation at all. After such a course, the student is capable of using the formulas on standard problems but he is unable to devise a new formula to use in unusual cases. In this book, the author has tried to derive every formula from the fundamental laws of physics. There are a few exceptions to this procedure. And to show in some detail the steps in these derivations and their logical necessity. This does not mean that the mathematical machinery is given in excessive detail, but that the steps in the physical reasoning are brought out. Often generality and mathematical rigor have been sacrificed to make the chain of logic more distinct. It has been the author's experience that once the student can grasp the physical picture behind a mathematical derivation, he can himself add what extra generality and rigor he may need. Often, too, the author has supplemented or replaced the rigid and esoteric technical vocabulary by more colloquial phrases in order to make vivid a concept or to suggest a new point of view. It is assumed that the student has a thorough knowledge of calculus and some acquaintance with the fundamental laws of mechanics. A knowledge of differential equations is helpful, but is not necessary. For the solutions of the various differential equations encountered are worked out in the text. Tables of the functions used are given in the back of the book. Although the book is designed primarily as a textbook, a certain amount of material 
of an advanced nature has been introduced. In this way, it is hoped the volume will be useful as a fairly complete reference work for those parts of the theory of sound which seem at present to be most important for the acoustical scientist. The advanced material has been included in the form of extra sections placed at the end of various chapters. The instructor may assign the first few sections of these chapters for the introductory course, and the student may refer to the other sections for further details when he needs them. The author wishes to express his gratitude to Professor R. D. Fay and to Dr. W. M. Hall, whose help in choosing subject matter and methods of presentation has been invaluable. He is also indebted to Dr. J. B. Fisk for his willing and painstaking aid in correcting proof and to many other colleagues in the Department of Physics at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology for their many helpful suggestions. Philip M. Morse, Cambridge, Massachusetts, August 1936.